back to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary of Church, and I am very delighted to be here with a very talented and funty gentleman. Funty? Funty. I screwed it up already. I just got started. You just started over. No. I don't know how. <laughs> you funty mofo. <laughs> Is that the male version of cunty, maybe? Oh, man, that's great. You should start that. I don't know. Funty. Get that going. Oh, I got to get a new logo now and make new stickers. Funty. <laughs> funty. Um, I'm here with the very funty Anwar Newton. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How's it going, Mary? <laughs> In improv, that's what you do. You have to go with it. The, the yes and. Keep yeah. moving. Yeah. Oh, I'm so stupid. Um, I shouldn't say that. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. It's a really nice Sunday. I'm glad you're here. Um, it is nice out. I feel like things have kind of settled down a little bit. Have they settled down for you? Uh, no, my anxiety is always on a red meter. <laughs> always going strong. Well, we just got back not too long ago from Oak City Comedy Festival in Raleigh, North Carolina. Beautiful city. Did you like it? I, lo- I, I could see myself living there forever. You, so you meant that? Yeah, I really meant that. I love small towns. Yeah. And that had a small town feel, even though it was a little bit bigger. Yeah. Uh, and it was wildly more progressive than I thought it was going to be. Very college Yeah, I didn't yeah. understand that how many colleges were there. But I really liked the energy, even though I hate college people. I just liked what they did with the city. It was really nice. Um, I believe that area, Raleigh-Durham, has, like, the most uh, PhDs per capita in that little zone. Bunch of smart people. Because of all the universities. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, but it was so green. Yeah. The green was very intoxicating. The walkability was amazing. The humidity, I could have done without. My skin looked amazing. You were just glowing. It was. My hair, everything worked really well for me there. I I was just, like, just drenched the whole time. My clothes were very, when we did that cookout afterwards, my clothes were just, they weren't wet, but they weren't dry either. They were just, like, hanging. They had lost their elasticity. That, That You were at that point where you were like, I should take a shower, but I'm not sure when. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely feel like I should. Um, we'll talk more about Oak City in just a minute because we had, like, it was a good time. We had, like, three, how long were you guys there? I was there from Friday until Monday morning. Oh, okay. I was there Thursday to Monday morning. Yeah. We flew in Friday afternoon and we had a show that night. And then I had Saturday night show and I was on the last show of the fest, which was really fun. I was on that Yeah, you were, because you were, you went up two people before me. Yeah. And I remember getting up on that stage and I was just like, I... I was already three shows in, and I was like, I don't give a good goddamn about doing my set. And I just wanted to have fun, and I felt like I did. Oh, that's good. You yeah. did the little bit with the hat. Yeah, and I threw it into the rafters, and the crowd was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know what, I love that, like, is that a, like a black box type of yeah, theater? Yeah, that was a black box theater for That sure. felt really cool. Um, the audience is a little tight. Because that's the theater audience. That's the one thing. That's the one downside about a theater audience is they're so reverent to what's going on. Like entertainment. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is these are the arts, and you don't get that com- that comedy club energy. They were like, where they're like throwing vegetables at you, like dance monkey. <laughs> so, sometimes you get a blend of both worlds, and it's amazing. You know, they're on board with the raunchy and the crazy, but then they don't go overboard like comedy audiences. And they're really do. listening to yeah. what you're saying. And you have like, to remind yourself of that. Thanks for reminding me because <laughs> I didn't know. I think also by Sunday, I'm like I'm done. Right, like I'm right, tired. Right. I, yeah. I, oh, I got to catch a flight tomorrow. Yeah, that was the fir- well. That that that's the first festival where I was I was down for the whole weekend. Because that's probably, like, the fourth one I've done, and I have a lot of anxiety, and I remember when I did altercation last year, I flew in the day I was supposed to do my show, and I flew out the day after. Oh, wow. I was like, I don't want to talk to people, I don't, oh. which is the opposite of that's festivals. So, yeah, that's so dumb, Omar. I'm so stupid. That's, I'm a moron. I'm a dummy. How did you even get to where you are today with that attitude? I don't know. I, I'm like, every day I'm like, how do people like me? <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, you're missing out on all the fun. Yeah. So that, that Oak City was like me, like, hey, like, mingle. Do the networking part of this. It's nice to hear, though, when you, you know, if you say I have anxiety, then it's like, oh, okay, you're not just a dick. Yeah, people don't understand that. Like, I, I'm like, yo, I get very, I don't even look people in the eyes. I like, I, if I, I try not to look people in the eyes because I can't remember people. So I'm like, I don't want the anxiety of trying to remember where we met or talked or, 
I, I avoid so many people. And people are like, oh, he's just mean. I was like, no, I'm just ugly and I have anxiety. Aww. That's the only two things that, that make this the thing. I'm not mean at all. That's so funny. Well, and I'm glad that I know that now uh, because you've been really kind to me. So um, now I'm like, oh, he's not a jerk. <laughs> Please come to my podcast. Everyone thinks I'm super mean. So I... Um, like, in my real life, I teach, like, sales, like, salespeople, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I've really adopted a lot of those techniques to festivals and comedy. So when I went to when I went to that one specifically, and I didn't know anybody, and I was going... I was supposed to go with Hillary, but she got sick, and she didn't oh, go. Yeah. Um, but my goal was, like, to make as many contacts as I can to... Um, and just, just let make sure people knew who I was by the time I left. Yeah. And I feel pretty good about that. And one guy, um, Joe Hill, wants to do the podcast in New York. So I'm like, if I can, because what's a what's a festival if there's not a next action? That's the the perfect way to think of those, actually. So I'm like, I need to make sure I do something, or else. And that one was expensive for me, at least. It was very yeah. expensive, just getting out there in the hotels and stuff. And it was Memorial Day weekend. That, that's I didn't why. understand it was Memorial Day weekend when I was buying the ticket. I think that whole trip cost me. At least a grand. Yeah. It was a me lot. Me too. I just bought a lot of wings, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I ate all of the soul food, too, so that didn't help. The food was really good yeah, there. It was amazing. So, anyway, I hope to do Wings with Friends maybe in Harlem. Ah. <laughs> in the hood. That Spanish would, Harlem? I don't know. They just said, hey, I run a show, and we got to do this there. Harlem. Um, so, yeah, I try to just make sure I get a next action, because if not, it was just a fun vacation. That's true. But I like the vacation part, too. I mean, I, I loved being there. I wish, uh, I wish I got a chance to go to Durham or Chapel Hill because everyone was saying that those cities are like 10, 15 minutes away. And just hanging out down there. like, Because I'm recently single, and I heard it thrown around a couple of times while we were in uh, Raleigh that it has way more single women than men. And that was like oh. a known thing. It wasn't like a joke. You know, they were like, oh, yeah, there's way more single women than men. And then the last night we were out, I actually got to see it. We went out, and it was a Sunday before Memorial Day. And we were out at just, like, this hokey little bar. I forget the name of it, but the, the festival run of Shadi Diaz had taken us there. The Outpost? No, it was after that? It was after that. Okay. It was some weird bar called Coglins or something like that. <laughs> I think it was Coglins. And it was like this mausoleum to the 90s. <laughs> Everything in there was like Tetris, Power Rangers, uh, Clarissa Explains It All, Neon what? Colors. It was like everything I grew up on was just in there in my face. I was like, are they making fun of me in my youth? <laughs> I was like, is this a joke to you? Oh, I should have went. I ducked out right after that show. I was like, bye, I'm tired. Oh, my. And it, so we were there, and there was just a ton of single women there. Like, I caught the eyeball a couple of times, and I'm just like, I got to fly out tomorrow. I can't be making these wonderful mistakes with you. Uh, I got to go. <laughs> I think you should have done it. Like I, I got to be better at that. You have to seize the opportunity because isn't it true, like, always in the night, the night where it's like, oh, I don't have to work tomorrow. I just got paid. Oh, I, you know, I look great. I have a new shirt on. Nobody talks to you. Oh, yeah. But and when you set yourself up to do great, then nothing happens. No, it's always when you've got to catch a flight the next day. You're broke. <laughs> <laughs> dirty underwear. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're in somebody's house, and you're like, how did this happen? <laughs> I should have did that one. It was, it was like three. I saw one girl, like, staring at me from the corner. And the only reason why I was like, because I was going through the emotions, like, oh, we got an Airbnb. Uh, my, <laughs> the person in Airbnb would hear me. The bed isn't great. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and, and then I, I, the only thing, the saving grace of that is that she was so drunk. I was like, I'm not on board with this. She was right. too drunk. I was like, this, that feels like, a, like I don't want to fall into the trappings of, uh, you know, is the climate right now. I'm like, nah. You're such a gentleman. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I was like, somebody needs to get this girl out of here. <laughs> I almost nice called her a lift. <laughs> that is so, you're, you're super woke then. You're just like, I was like you're not no. being the creep. She was stumbling all over the place. I was like, oh God, I wish I could just get you home, sweetheart, so you can go to sleep. <laughs> That's how you know you're getting old. <laughs> Sweetheart, it doesn't happen in the night. Make sure you take off your makeup. <laughs> um, yeah, for girls, it's um, did I, like shaving your legs or not shaving your legs. 
That's you, it? it? Well, if you don't shave your legs, then something will happen. If you do, you know, then no, and nothing happens. <sighs> what, a tr- what a troubled life to live. It's difficult. <laughs> so... <laughs> We'll talk more about that. This is great. Um, we had some delicious wings from ATL Wings, didn't we? They're amazing. I like ATL Wings. I do, too. They have a really good... Um, even their dry rubs are still kind of wet. Because you said they brush butter on them. I didn't know that. I think it's butter or oil or... Yeah. Gr- <laughs> I was going to say grease, but maybe, I don't yeah. know. Just They're... They're saucy. They like maybe they spray them with something. I don't know, but I don't eat there enough. I should eat there a lot more. Well, they're on Uber Eats, and that's why I like them. Yeah, and I told you I don't like Uber Eats because you don't like convenience. I don't. (laughs) I don't like paying a nine dollars like delivery fee, and my my food comes cold. Like what the fuck? I don't like that. I think you're just being cranky. Actually, maybe I am. I'm like I don't want to pay twenty dollars for wings, and they're not hot. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. How were these wings for they you? Were, they were good. They weren't cold, but they definitely weren't hot. That's true. They were not hot. They were not I hot. feel like something was weird with the delivery because it kept going from nine minutes to eight minutes to eight to nine. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell's going on? You know what I don't like about Uber Eats and like all of the Postmates and all that is that I feel like the the order for a delivery driver happens when the food is done, packaged, and on the shelf. So now you have that five to ten minute wait for that person to actually come pick it up. Whereas if you had a place that has a delivery driver, the motherfuckers are out the door mm-hmm. with your food and as taking soon as it's it. Hot. As soon as it's done, it's like, let's go. So you have that five to ten minute cool down period. Then you get there and then they forget your drink, just like they did today. Uh, I ordered a blue Kool-Aid. I was gonna split it with you. They did not come through with the sugar. We need that sugar. Well, it goes so well. And that's the joy of going to ATL Wings is they have like three different Kool-Aids. They have purple, yeah. red, and blue. Yeah, I haven't had Kool-Aid since a kid, so it's I would have so been good. really that would have made my son die. Oh <laughs> Uber Eats just fucked us up. So I um man, you really don't like Uber Eats. I like the convenience of it, because when you have a wing podcast, it's like even just getting this stuff set up is yeah. a lot. Um, it's nice to have something just being brought to me. I didn't think things through when I started a wing podcasting. I ago. was sitting here like, do you do this with everybody? This is so much wings. Well, I'm sorry I gave you too many wings on one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're just not used to getting treated. <laughs> just not being like, treated like royalty. The star. I like my guests to feel important, okay? I feel like no, a wing king. The truth is, I wanted to eat all those wings, so... So the, the podcast is an excuse to get wings for yourself. Kind of, yeah. Because <laughs> wings are a friendly food, you know? Like, yeah. you eat them with friends. Yeah. That's why it's called Wings with Friends. Oh. You said the name of the podcast in the podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we, I don't know what I'm going to label this one because you didn't really give me a flavor, but we had lemon pepper. ATL dry, style dry rub, mm. ATL spicy. What else? Uh, mild and I think hot. I think those are the like two. Like a honey chipotle. Honey, yeah. Which was not very. It's just honey. more sweet than anything yeah. else. I noticed that the uh, the wet wings when you do an Uber Eats they get a little soggier, but the dry like you know dry rubbed can hold it. Hold yeah, it pretty good. I like the dry ones more. The lemon pepper. Usually I do lemon pepper wet because that's like the ATL thing to do. That's like the wings they like the most out there apparently. Lemon pepper wet. How is it wet? I don't know. Is it the grease? Like the butter? That's like a thing. I know every time I've gotten lemon pepper, that one goes first. Yeah. Lemon pepper wet is like an ATL like thing. Like that's what you order if you don't want to look like a a fucking square in Atlanta. (laughs) Like late night, they're like, we're going to get wings. You say lemon pepper wet. They'd be like, oh, you're down. Nice. That's like uh, the thing. I heard that um, ATL Wings doesn't stand for Atlanta. What does it stand for then? Like all the love. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> How dare I, them? I don't know if it's true or not. What a co-opting of an entire co That is an ATL thing. It's lemon pepper wet. <laughs> wow. What a bunch of thieves. I still will support them because I do support thieves, but I'm just a little <laughs> insulted. <laughs> I'm learning so much. Um, Long Longs is my other favorite now that I live downtown. Yeah. Where is the, because I, where are they? I don't know. I just Uber Eats them. Because there's a Long Longs on Thomas and Summer yeah. Street. Is that it? 
It might be. It's like a weird little pink shack that you feel like should have yeah. gotten bulldozed 10 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. You don't really want to actually go there. <laughs> I, just, I know. Now, now I'm like super Uber Eats because I, I would never step foot in that. Like, it looks like the trap house on the cover of uh, 2 Chain's album. Uh, <laughs> the trap, the trap house, the little pink house. Which is funny because Trap House Barbecue is right across the street. What is with all these hood fucking? The Phoenix isn't hood. It's the gentr. Is that gentrification? That's a weird level of gentrification. Is that like, like uppity sort of well-off black people open up these hood, like faux hood spots, like Trap House Wings. Crack barbecue, <laughs> and well, uh, I didn't graduate from college. Soul food, like, ooh, don't you want the black experience? <laughs> Come to this, and they've like never had a hard day in their life. They're like at the Scottsdale Country Club, like yeah. counting their money. It's like when Good people have like authentic Mexican cuisine, and it's like this like shack of a place, but they like they've been wealthy forever. They're like people like the struggle and the food, so that's what we're selling. I think you pretty much hit on something yeah, right there, right? They like they the want. struggle in their meal. They want that struggle. I'm like, fuck you. Well, out in Gilbert, there's Backyard Taco, and it started out as literally a backyard place, but they're Mormons. <laughs> and so, but I think they might be Mexican Mormons, so that's okay. I don't know. They have good weirder. carne asada, though. I was a Mormon for a little bit. Are you serious? Yeah. Mike always Who makes were you fun dating? of dating? I wasn't dating anybody. I did go to the singles ward, and then that's when I dropped out of the whole religion. But I went when I was, like, uh, 16. I was going to say, how did you? How are you not married? Because, like, if a guy gets in there, you're... I know. I know. I moved to Seaside, California when I was a junior in high school, like, right after 9-11, right? And just to put... Just to date myself. Uh, and my brother and his wife, they were in the Mormon church, and I used to go to church with them. I didn't know the difference, you know? I just knew that almost every Mormon church had a basketball court, and I was super fucking down with that. All Mormon families have trampolines, too. Yeah, they got, like, this activity center, so I'm like, this is dope. And so I was, like, going there, and then I realized, oh, this is, like, a whole separate faith. They believe in this extra book, and I was like, this is weird, uh... But I liked being there because I moved there from Baltimore, Maryland, in the hood, and I did not want to go back to the hood. I was like, I want to live near the beach, Seaside, California. Where's Seaside, California? It's near Monterey Bay. Oh, yeah, just south of it. Nice. It's a quiet little town. My brother used to live on Fort Ord, which is a base that closed down out there. Okay, I know where that is. He was military. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to live near the beach. I wanted to go to a church that had a basketball court. I wanted to just <laughs> live this lap of luxury. Yeah. And so I faked like I was Mormon. And finally, I joined the church when my brother's wife wanted to kick me out. <laughs> she was like, I'm done with this motherfucker. I was like, well, I'm going to join the church, so I, I should stay here. And they still kicked me out. And she, oh, I thought she was like, yeah, because I need those points. I think there's a point system. I, I don't, don't know. No, I know they did. Did you get baptized? I did. Oh, my god! I went through the whole thing. And then I came back to Baltimore, and I went for a little bit. And then I stopped going because yeah. they were like, well, you're of this age, so you have to go to the singles ward, yeah. which is really like a manufactured corral to get you to fucking marry somebody. But now, okay, now at 40, still being single, now I'm like, that doesn't sound so bad. Right now, <laughs> I think I would, but I would still be weirded out. Wouldn't you a little bit? Because it's all faith-based, like, hey, the Lord said... Then there's, like, th this is the worst thing about the faith. Like, it's not even, like, the churchiness. It's the people who are going behind the the church to do sneaky shit. And that rush they get, like, they're, like, fucking. And they're, like, oh, don't tell. <laughs> they're, like, oh. they're, like, some of them are drinking or doing, like, they're, like, oh, please don't tell. And there's, like, that massive guilt that weighs down. That's the shit I don't want to worry about. Because all my shit is out in the open. Yeah. I'm, like, eh. I do what I want. Yeah, I do what I want. I'll die. I don't care. But isn't that kind of fun and sexy to have all that guilt and, like, don't yeah, tell anyone? you know what, you're right. <laughs> it's, like, exhilarating. <laughs> Like, we're like we're like cheating on the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he can't see us here in my one bedroom apartment. <laughs> oh my gosh, I never knew that about you. That is so fantastic. Yeah. I uh, but I lived in Gilbert for about seven years right mm -hmm. before I moved here, and so it was all around me. And I um, when my first um, my first comedy thing in Phoenix, I was with Jesters, and there everybody who goes there. I'm pretty sure it's all, not everybody. It's not exclusive, but that's if a Mesa, you, right? yeah, if you want family friendly comedy, that's where you go. And 
Um, but it was my experience there was great. They run a really great business. Um, I never had to promote. I got paid to do shows. Um, so that was like, but then I was like, you know, I stand up. I think is my passion. So I really only have time for one of these things. So that's when I left and started stand up. But it really taught me the value of like clean comedy. And it's easy to uh, a lot of people try to tell people like uh, like people who are way up there in the business say if you write clean, it's easier to make it dirty mm-hmm. instead of writing dirty and trying to make it clean. Try to catch me writing dirty. <laughs> so I always write. I try to write like the funny of it. Uh, clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to make like my jokes like the punchline a filthy thing. Yeah. So the punchline can stay on its own, and I can get filthy if I want. But also, it's like who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no one cares. Like, uh, like um, one of my favorite comedians is Norm Macdonald, and you wouldn't think of him as a filthy person. Like on on its face, I don't think of Norm Macdonald as a filthy person he is though he's like the super filthiest <laughs> but when you go see him you feel like oh this is a clean night for the family and then he's just like fucking and ah. he's just like growling and shit in the yeah. mic i don't know so i'm like i'll do whatever i want well absolutely um i have found probably over the last year or so the a lot of opportunities a lot of the paid opportunities are clean they want you to work clean mm-hmm. um there's a couple of goals i have that i think focus around clean i think i work well clean i don't think people want to hear me specifically being like fuck there this big dick (laughs) i don't know if that works very few people that can get away with it right so i don't know it was a good foundation for comedy i guess yeah um so anyway, I started. I'm in a wing coma now. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and the lemon pepper hitting you. <laughs> I always started off. Uh, uh, the one thing I didn't do in comedy, and it was like clean for me, was I didn't try to say the n word, like my first two to three years, because it's such a like it was such a crush. Like I I throw it out there like it's nothing. Through my whole life. And I didn't want that to be like a crutch I leaned on when I was writing jokes, you know, because it's just sometimes it's just funny hearing it. Mm-hmm. Say it from a black person. They're like, nigga, what? And then you're like, ah, he said it. <laughs> I can't, but he did. I love <laughs> like, it. Ah, that's what I'm here for. Uh, so I tried to, I definitely wrote out of that. But now I, now when I say it, um, I'm used to not like, like carpet bombing people with it. Uh, especially because I have a joke now where the punchline is that word, and word economy-wise, I don't want to dilute that moment when I say it by constantly saying it through the whole set. So I try not to say it at all until I get to that joke, and then I'll maybe say it once or twice after that. But I try not to overuse words. Word economy, that's a pretty... That's an interesting term. You're right. I like... uh, If... You can. I feel like you can feel it if you if you say a certain term and then you try to use it again throughout the set as a punchline. People are like, "Oh, I already heard that." Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's bizarre. <clears throat> so I'm very conscious of the words I choose. What? So we, let me ask you about your process then. So we were talking one when we were eating about um, writing, and you said how you feel like you haven't written anything new, but then you went back and you looked at it and you're like, no, this is all new. Um, How do you write? What's your process? Uh, Well, I don't write everything down and I'm trying to change that. Um, I told myself this weekend to get into a writing exercise to write all my jokes out and then see where all the funny is and try to punch shit up, right? But usually it just comes from an idea. I write a bunch of premises down, then I go on stage and I have an idea of where I'm going to go, and I try to get there. And then I see what didn't work and what did work. And I'll record it, because I'll come up with shit on the fly in the middle of it. And I'm like, oh, that was funny. Let's see how you can try that again mm-hmm. or make it work in a certain way. And maybe there's the delivery. I, I do it that way because I find that when I write a joke down and then try to deliver, it just sounds robotic. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I'm reading jokes to people, and I don't want that energy on stage. Like, my favorite comedians are, my two favorite comedians are Patrice O'Neill and Rory Scovel. And a third would be Maria Bamford. But oh, yeah. she's very written, but she's very verbose. Yeah. So I take that verbosity from Maria Bamford, the spontaneity of Rory Scovel, and the 
the ability to just speak frankly and truthfully that Patrice O'Neill put on stage, and that's kind of where I like to live in comedy. That's pretty good. Yeah. Do you, so I, my impression of you, and I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with this, is that you're kind of fearless. Like, when you talk about going, doing something on the fly, like, that terrifies me. Like, do you, are you afraid if they're going to laugh or not? Or how do you feel? I mean, it's great if you're like, oh, that worked, let me do that again. Yeah. But, like, where do you get that courage or something to, like, okay, I'm going to try. I don't know where this is going to go, but I'm going to do it. That came from Rory Scoville. I really? watched him. I used I when I first fell, listened to Dilation, which is his debut album, I was like, "This I've never heard comedy like this. I've never heard comedy delivered like this. I, I grew up on BT Comic View, watching Late Night with David Letterman and Leno and watching those sets. And I didn't, I knew Chappelle, and you know the big ones, uh, Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, but I never saw alternative comedy done that way, and I fell in love with it. That's why I love watching alt comedy, because I'm like, this is so bizarre. They're trying to do comedy in the weirdest way they could possibly try to do it, and I love it. Uh -huh. So I took that, and I started going on stage, and um, I had, like, rule. My first few years, I had things I worked on. The first, the first mechanic I worked on on stage was being okay with silence on stage, because as a comic, you're like, if they're not laughing, I should be telling a joke. And if I'm not telling a joke, they should be laughing. And if it's not that, that chemistry, then something's off. And I'm like, oh, I could just shut the fuck up on stage for a little bit. And sometimes I'll say some shit, and then I'll just stop and walk around. And then people start laughing because of the energy in the room. They'll be, like, weirded out by what's happening. I worked on that first. The second thing I worked on was seeing how long I could entertain a crowd before I got into a joke. Mm. And not in a crowd work kind of way because some people get up like you know who are you from and, and i'm just be funny be doofy and stupid and funny and then when you feel like you've drained then start your set so i've always been okay with all these different things on stage that people don't really fuck with and i try to tell people that but it's hard to because like, I, I went through it like I, I really studied comedy before i started doing all this crazy shit on stage oh that's great i think um I think, um, I think I'm trying to learn from watching you sometimes of like, just really? being, shut up, <laughs> don't, don't get all excited about that. No, it's the courage to do those things. And I think what it, one thing I notice is since you're confident with it, the audience is at ease because they're like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I feel like when I'm winging it and I don't know why I'm comparing, I'm just, of course I'm thinking about myself, but like. When I do it, I think I might send signals that freak out an audience or freak people out to be like, well, does she know where she's going? Yeah. So it's a matter of, like, owning it, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You can definitely tell, like, a headliner from an opener. Like, you can tell those two their energies. Mm -hmm. The headliner, you're like, there's never a moment in that set I felt like you were out of control. And you mm -hmm. knew they were off script. It's like, I, I guess I have to constantly remind myself of things to help me settle in that place. Like, um, like one thing that happened on Oak City, um, and it was like another thing I told myself to remind myself of, just to keep your shit together. One comic got introduced at the wrong name. And you know, that's like crazy. When you go up and you get introduced to the wrong name, you're kind of freaking out. You feel like you've been set up wrong. Was it just during a regular show? Or was just it? a regular okay, showcase. Yeah. Um, and most comics will do what? They'll go up and reintroduce themselves. Like, my name is actually this, and then they'll do like this whole thing, and it's so unnecessary, right? For two reasons. The host already feels like shit that they fucked it up, all right? They're scrambling now. Two, no one gives a fuck who you are. <laughs> Good point. No one cares who you are until you're done, all right? Then they'll care. So at the end, you can say your name, Hey, I'm Anwar Newton. And they go, oh, that was Anwar Newton. He was really good. I'll remember that person. But at the beginning, there's no need to do it. So I have little things like that to remind yourself uh, not to take things so seriously because uh, it's, it's like a pendulum swing, right? You, like, you go from cloud nine to ground zero all the yeah. time. <laughs> you know, you're, like, you're on top of the world when you kill, and you're on the, you feel like killing yourself when you don't do well. So you constantly have to remind yourself of these little things that keep your mentality like locked in so you don't fall into those trappings of like depression, which plagues comedians. Yeah. The, the whole, the whole like questioning yourself, the imposter syndrome where you're like, am I even fucking funny? That's huge. It's huge. So I always like, uh, 
and like so you got the you got the that what I just said like uh, being introduced wrong or having a big opening gig like when you get like a big opening gig for some huge comedian like I remember when I first opened for Hannibal Burst I was like in my head and I hit up this New York comic named Janelle James because I knew she had just opened for him and I was just like hey I got I got this so what should I do and she was like relax take a deep breath and remind yourself that no one is there to see you <laughs> And it, it helped me. I was like, no one cares about you. They're there to see Hannibal. Yeah. Just don't fuck it up. <laughs> Just walk there, do your 15, get to Hannibal, and you've done your job. All right? As long as you don't screw it up, they will not care about who you are. I was like, okay, then I can just be myself now. That's great. Yeah. That pendulum, man, it's rough. I had, in one week, I... Uh, one Arizona's funniest person with a day job. Congratulations. Did I say that? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? She's got the check framed up on the wall. It's in gold framing. I just wanted to make sure you saw it. <laughs> There's like spotlights. There's several lights pointed at this thing. <laughs> no, but in one week I won this. <laughs> and then I didn't get into like two festivals. Uh, and, uh, you know, I went home alone with my check and my flowers. And I was just like, all right. Did you ride public transportation? That would have been even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> it would. I don't do public transportation. Just on a bus <laughs> You get robbed. <laughs> Your crying mascara's running. <laughs> but I'm the funniest. <laughs> but I think that really, that, that is kind of how comics feel. It's like, oh, really good highs and really low lows. Yeah. I was reading uh, Jennifer Lewis's uh, memoir, The Black Mother of Hollywood. She's like a gypsy and huge uh, singer. She sung with all the greats, did a ton of Broadway plays, and she was explaining that that post-show, that rush you feel, that it's, like, hard to explain anybody that feeling. She was like, I had to, like, I had to go get laid after every show. I had to go do it. Because I can't just put that, I can't just get off stage after that amazing performance and just go sit. Yeah, what do you do? Yeah, she had to get it out. So she lived in the 80s. She talks about it all the time in her books, just partying, going to see other shows, be hanging out with performers, people who get that feeling, that that high and that low. She's like, then I had to like, I had to lock down some D for the night. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does feel like, you know, when you, you win something like that, you're like, I should be, I, I there should be a threesome here, yeah. right? Like, I should be, no. You're, like, you're like, everyone should be paying attention to me. I did something. You've done fucking nothing, <laughs> all right? You haven't even tried, all right? I tried. But like I told you, like the first two years I did this, I had a lot of people coming to the shows, and they were just so excited for me, but I didn't win. This By this year, people were like, oh, we've seen it. Like, I couldn't get a lot of people mm -hmm. to come. So once it was over, I, was re I really was standing there by myself, and everyone else was talking. I was like, hey, okay, I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. uh, bye. <laughs> no, I'm not complaining though. I'm very happy. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, what's next? What's next? What's yeah. next? I, and I think after after something like that, you, you that's that that high and that low because then you, I know you're probably going through right now just thinking about all the material you did, everything you did that worked, and and how you you took so long to polish it and get it to where it was at, and you're either thinking of how to make that even better, or you're trying to think of new shit. Or maybe you're sitting with that that feeling like, Ugh, I, now I need something else. I've That's done all the, I have. Yeah, the <laughs> best of my shit has just been put out there, and it's been validated. So now what? Do I do I go start a concept show? Do I start? You you, you have the podcast at least to get more creative energy out, but. If you don't have those outlets, it, then you get real stagnant real quick. I mean, we've seen just comics in this city plateau, let alone, like, big-name comedians where you're like, this motherfucker hasn't changed their act in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, I'm hoping to use um, the confidence to, like, push through some ideas I've had because one thing I noticed is, and I'm trying to get away from it, but um, I, I always ask for permission about a bit. Like, I'll run it by you and be like, what do you think of this? Is this funny? Like, should I do this? And then when I talk to some of my, like, better, bigger comedians, I realize, like, he doesn't ask for permission. Mm -hmm. He just does it. Yeah. And so I think, and, and for me, I, you know, I think I get the imposter thing a lot, uh, the syndrome a lot. Um, but I think for me, I'm like, I want to have that confidence to, like, oh, I had this idea. Okay, work it out and put it out there. Yeah. Be prepared to fail. Because, you know, when you like, when I'm working on a new job, I'm like, oh, this is going to bomb. I'm going to bomb. This is going to be a terrible set. And once I accept that, I'm like, let's just do it. Something might stick from me, like, not giving a fuck. 
and that's what I was talking about earlier with you where I'm like, okay, you're, you're confident in if you, if you do great or if you don't like you just, but you put it out there. I think for a couple of years, I've been really afraid to bomb. You need it though. Yeah. So when's the last time you bomb bomb? Like a real bad bomb. What, can you define a bomb for me? Well, so we all have our own definition of bombs. So what was your, where you, you gotta, you gotta tell me what your bomb okay. was. Okay, so this is this is the closest thing I can think of. Um, I was opening for Nate Jackson at House of Comedy a couple weeks ago. Very funny dude. I met he's, him in Vegas. He's yeah. great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him in your picture. I was so jealous of all those comics. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Oh, he's man. awesome. I like Garfunkel and Oates. They oh, were there. I love too. them. Anyway, but Nate was really, really kind to me. He was nice. Um, uh, on the Saturday of that week, he was recording uh, a video, like he was having it filmed, and so they wanted the lights up just a little bit, like more. Mm-hmm. Which most of the time I'm like, I don't care, I'll just do my set, no big deal. But one of those shows, the lights were up, you could everyone staring at you, the, the mood was weird, uh, and they just they just stared at me like they didn't really laugh, uh, no. and I'm just get trying to get through it, and I think I even cut a little short, which was bad, but. Um, the energy, which just wasn't there. And that's what dumbfounds me. How can in one show, everyone's laughing and it's great, and the next show, everyone's just like, hmm. It's amazing, isn't it? W- would you consider that a bomb? I think I would consider it a bomb if no one laughed. There were some laughs, but, like, it was not what I'm used to. <laughs> like, like yeah. it's not. Yeah, that's a bomb, then. I went to, um... Uh, this little club over here, Club Phoenix, wherever the fuck it is over here on Grand, I mean, on, on Central, for Poetic Soul with Cosmic Cadence. He runs like this, really, it's like a black uh, soul open mic, and it's really awesome because he gets like a couple hundred people in there. And I was coming down doing a set. He had a two-year, two or three-year anniversary, and it was like 300 people in there. And he was like, go up and do your thing. But he didn't understand, like, how to set a comedian up for and ask them what you want them to do. He's like, just do your set. I'm like, so what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do five, 10? He's like, do your set. I was like, okay, I'll do my feature set. This is a two year anniversary, I'm a featured guest. I'll do my feature set. And I go up there and the first five minutes are fantastic. Then the next five minutes are okay. Then the next five minutes are up and down of something hitting and something bottoming the room out. And it ended on such a fizzle that I kind of just put the microphone down and was just like left the stage. I was like, this is oh. a bomb. And Mike Turner was there and I was like, that was awful. And he was real cool about it, but he, the one thing he said was like, you know, sometimes, you know, leave him wanting more. I was like, yeah, I did all of my jokes and I should have never fucking did that. I should have did five of the hot ones, got off stage and left the show. Instead, I did every joke. It didn't matter how controversial or <laughs> political or socially fringe it was. I did everything. And those people were just like, what? Weird. That's crazy because it's like it was up and down. It was it like, was up and, it was, I hated it. I, my, what I think is a bomb, it, I don't, I, if I do a joke, I know where laughs go and those laughs aren't there. I'm just like, oh, this is bombing. So that was one of the things. I have two jokes where I know people will laugh, and if they don't laugh, then something's not right, and we're done. Yeah. We are done here. Yep. And there's certain jokes, like, if they don't laugh at this kind of joke, they're not going to get me at all. The yeah. rest of this set is going to be just as bizarre. I think finding, I always call it finding your ideal audience. Um, and that's what I try to get in front of as much as I can, is who are my ideal clients. I try to do as many people I know will hate me. See, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I, I'm searching for, I think I'm searching for validation. Um, this comes from not being the cool kid in school, you know. You gotta like, get out there and bomb. I don't want to I think if there's anything. I'm sure I have, I just don't acknowledge it. <laughs> if you name this episode anything, you should name it Bomb Wings. Because you need to get out there and bomb more. You should go. One of my favorite comedians on the scene is Luis Alvarez. Oh my gosh, I I hate him. I love him so much. I hate him. Like he's one of my favorite. Thank goodness he wasn't in the contest this year. So sharp, and you know what he did? He went and got in front of every kind of audience. It didn't matter who they were. He got in front of the alternative scene. He went to the black rooms. He did the Latino rooms. He did the Soul Night. He did. Uh, mostly white audiences for Timby Improv, opening in front of comedians that have mostly white audiences, Republic. He did every audience. 
and he just he figured out how to make all his jokes just sort of work. And not to say that he doesn't bomb every time, every once in a while he has a bad set, you know. But he's so he's used to every kind of audience now. That's I think that's just key. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. I tried to have him on the podcast and he didn't message me back. You got to get at Luis, because Luis is a shady dude. Because he's still Mexican. He's a shady fucking Mexican. <laughs> he's running from the law. Ice is on his tail 24-7. You got to find him through IG. Do you see him, though, on Facebook? Him and his gorgeous girlfriend travel to these amazing places, and I'm like, you're like, what? Like, he's, he's working fascinating. For, he's working for the, the Colombian mafia. He's a fucking criminal. <laughs> he's running their Instagram. <laughs> he's like running he their Instagram. He's uh, jet setting. He's like, uh, what is that fucking? Uh, I can't even think of his name. Uh, he's like a world-renowned mafia boss. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, <laughs> like he says, he's running their Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Luis. He just went to Thailand. He and his his crazy girlfriend. Um, they love each other, so that's important. I know. I, I I love following them, and I don't. I think I talked to him about it, and I think I sounded like a stalker. I asked him if he was Filipino. That probably didn't go over well. <laughs> I don't know where I thought that. He does look a little Filipino his, in the face. His girlfriend is is somewhat Asian. I think that's why. But anyways, I I do like. I like following them. They're yeah. they're beautiful. I love seeing you gotta Chicanos. You got to get them on IG. IG is where you can get it. Because oh. I hear that a lot. People try to message him on Facebook, and they're like, he didn't respond. like, because he's never on Facebook. Oh, because he's still a millennial yes. after all that. Oh, Exactly. He's okay. young. Everyone's on Instagram. No and one fucks on Facebook that much. Only the old people. Only That's the me. people who want to argue politically are on Facebook. Oh, I'm so over it. That's fantastic. Hey, do you... um? Let's talk about wings for just a little bit because mm -hmm. it's, it's been really good. It's been deep. I appreciate it, Anwar. Yeah. Like I'm, my mind's like. Pew, pew, pew. Um, do you prefer the drummies or the flats? When flats. You're Immediately too. flats all day. I'm sorry that I ate most of the flats. Then I was well, like chomping them. That's like a good character trait, though. What? <laughs> like, oh, she fucks with flats. Yeah, but like, if you're gonna have a meal across from somebody, ideally. So one person likes drummies and one person likes flats, and then everyone's happy. When it comes to wings, it's either you're going to get your wings or you're going to be left out. Hunger Games. You know what the game is, yep. all right? Wings are here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come with your polite bullshit. I'm going to eat these flats. Now, I might offer you once, and I'll offer once, all right? Hey, do you want... That answer is the permanent answer because I'm acting on that, all right? Yeah. If you say, hey, I fuck with drums... I'm going to crush the flats in five minutes, okay? <laughs> Don't come at me after this is over. You knew what the game was. I appreciate that. I hate people who won't eat. Fuck them. Ugh. I, that's, I go, go out with girlfriends, you know, and they just like, me, 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 no, thank you. What? I love a good meal with friends, so I'll try to eat your food, too. And I will get I will get upset if you dare touch my food. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat your food too. I'll eat your food. And I'll get up super upset. I think I might know the answer to this, but do you do ranch or blue cheese? I don't do either. I knew that. I, I don't watched do you. either. I if I'm really feeling, I might dip into the blue cheese. Uh, and every once in a while I dip into ranch, but I'm just I like the wings. Yeah. I just fuck with the wings. Ideally, do you like a wet wing or a dry rub? Well, with ATL wings, I think I like their dry more. Uh, but I can do wet wings. I, I'm just OCD about sauce on my fingers. Yeah. So I, like, wipe after every wing, and it's dumb. Yeah. It's dumb, and I, I, I have to stop doing that. I Did you see me? I went to the sink a couple times. Yeah, because I'm I like, can't stand it. get a rinse. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that either. Even though I'm just going to keep eating wings, I'm like, I can't say. I'm, like, licking, wiping. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Sometimes, though, I love just a good, and I'll, should I say this? Sometimes I'll do a boneless. You do the nuggets. <laughs> if I want that flavor of like buffalo sauce, blue cheese, celery, you know, and I just really want to enjoy that combination, sometimes I'll do a boneless just to, can I just eat this without having to work so hard? So you must have like places you go because not everyone does it well. I mean, I'm not that picky. Really? You know what was fun recently? I think when I, when I first moved in here, I got a bag of Tyson's chicken tenders. I'll crush them. Yeah. yeah, and I put them in that air fryer right there. So and Mary like, has an air fryer, some new technology I've never fucking heard of, which heats the air up to nuclear levels of <laughs> hotness and will fry anything. I want one of these. Yeah, so all of that, um, all of that really good, like, frozen food you get that's fried, you can put it in your air fryer. Really? 
Yeah, so, so how long does it take? I mean, 10 minutes maybe. I think I did with the chicken tendies. I did like eight or 10 minutes, flipped them, did about five, and then they're perfect. What? And then I got the Buffalo Wild Wings combo trio pack of sauces and some ranch. So I kind of did it myself, and I and I tossed them in their garlic parm. And, what? Uh, yeah, and it was really good. But you got to be careful. I can't eat like that all the time because, you know, metabolism yeah. slowing down. Can't, and you also could... Uh, you could just eat like that and die. You'd probably be happy. Uh, <laughs> to, if you look at what you have to eat to be healthy, it's very miserable. It's miserable Ugh. as fuck. I ch- I've gotten to the point where I just, like, uh, I stick to the same shit. And now that, like, I'm going out of town more, that's when i like, oh, let's eat like crazy. What do they have? What's their regional favorite? Mm, let's get a whole plate of fried chicken. Like, that shit I would never eat on my own. You know what I had for the first time? And you've probably had this, and I want it again. Do you go to Welcome Diner? Yes. Their their honey that chicken sandwich, the honey something. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And then they also had a, a, a buffalo one on special one night. My friend got that, and it's on their biscuit, and it's like the perfectly fried chicken sandwich. They don't do it enough. That the buffalo they one. They should have it on the menu. I thought it was, but it wasn't. I watched him. That night, I sat at the counter. Mm-hmm. He just dropped it into the sauce and left it there, and then he came back and pulled it out. And it's like... I'm about to cry, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that was but they, amazing. They, they cooked that chicken breast, like, so perfectly. Uh, and then they put two pickles, like Chick-fil-A. Uh, and that biscuit. It's a biscuit. <gasps> I um, went there two times last week. Really? That's how much I love Welcome Diner. Let me know if you go there. I go. go there all the fucking time. But that Bumblebee's my favorite because they do that beer, honey, mustard, mm-hmm. two pickles, honey, biscuit, perfectly fried chicken sandwich. I'm a little birdie guy. Um, I just want the chicken and the biscuit. And they put like, I think they put cheese on it, but the cheese doesn't matter to me. The bird and the biscuit are a vehicle for the crystal hot sauce, which I drown the chicken in. I drown it in crystal hot sauce, and I eat it like that. So that buffalo one that they were doing, I was super on board because I didn't have to do the work of dumping the bottle on the chicken. You really have to wait, though, because that chicken comes out so hot. Yeah. Have you been to the larder in the Delta? No. What is that? That's like a new chicken place down the street, and... If I hear any comparisons to fried chicken in the city, it's to them. And I haven't been yet, and I really want to go. What's it called? The Larder and the Delta. Okay. And it's like across Central on Roosevelt, like a straight shot down here. Oh. And I've been meaning to go there. And I met one of the chefs, and he was like, if you come in and you see me, just give me a a fucking point and a wink, and I'm going to hit you with some some free shit that's going to fuck you up. And I'm like, yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. You're okay. I once said Leslie Barton is the mayor of this Roosevelt area, but I think you might be a mayor also. Really? Like, I see your face. I, I, um, one of my good comic friends, I won't name him, um, was in town and we were at Joba and mm-hmm. your face is on the wall. And I was like, ah, there's, I can't get away from this. Mofo. <laughs> and then, yeah, you do things at the what, Monarchid? Yeah, right I was right doing a show here? there. Monarchid. Monarchid? Yeah. I I guess I'm a downtowny. Yeah. I guess I'm sort of known. I saw people come up to me and I'm like, I don't know who you are. And they're like, what's up? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So my, um, I did this, uh, thing with a dance group. I was the comedy though, but it was this dance show. Um, one of the dancers was like, and I, at the time I was like, Hey, I'm going to move down here. And he goes, it'll be great. People will recognize you. I'm like, what? He goes, Oh yeah. People will be like, Oh, I saw that piece you did. It was really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And it's happened a little bit, but I want it to happen more. I want my neighbors to know I'm way cooler than they probably think I am. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, that's a great, I used to live at, uh, the Forest Park Apartments on 7th Ave in Indian School. And uh, I was coming out of my apartment complex one day, and this this couple stopped and was like, hey, we saw you open for Tig Notaro last oh week. Oh, my God! And I was like, what? <laughs> People in my own apartment complex know who I am? They're like, a celebrity lives what? That's what I want. I want them to be like, oh, that girl. And I'm bad with names, so I forget people. So I feel like I like it, but I also feel like shit because I can't remember names. 
I can just quickly remember where and when yeah. and what we talked about. You know what? I've learned in sales training, just ask them. They're like, what's your name again? Mm, yeah. And then people think you're so cool. Or don't. Just be like, yeah, you just acknowledge. That is the... You've opened for some really great names. Yeah. I've, I've gotten really lucky. Really lucky. So Tig Notaro, Hannibal Burris. Who else has been like, oh, that was great? Um, when I got to open for Rory Scovel, that was big. I definitely nerded out. Um... Getting a couple of gigs. He was in um, I Feel Pretty. Yeah, that oh, was supposed to be so like, uh, I, th- I guess they were hoping that would be launch his movie career, and I thought maybe well, they were hoping. He was also in The House. I didn't that, see that one. The one with Amy Poehler where they um, put a casino in their house. Oh, really? Yeah, he was funny as shit in yeah, that. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. I'm like, I'm a super nerd for that dude. I love that. Yeah, I'm a super fan. Everything he does, I think, is just amazing. His his Conan sets are, like, the funniest fucking things on the planet. The one he did just before the election, I, I, I urge everyone to go watch that one. He did it just before Trump got elected. Mm-hmm. It was goddamn hilarious. His perspective on where the country was going, uh, I still quote it. I, I still quote his, his jokes to people. Nice. I'm a nerd. You're a fanboy. When I first started out, I had to stop myself from... Because when you first start out, you're just trying to be the comic you like the most. Like most dudes are trying to do Bill Hicks. They love Bill Hicks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was trying to be Bill Burr a lot for early on. I was like, I'm going to do the dude that tells it like an ass. <laughs> 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 then I realized, like, who cares about this? <laughs> and I saw Roy Skull, and I'm like, oh, he's just an idiot. <laughs> he's just this giant doofus, super assertive moron. I was like, that's what I want to be. A super confident idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. So I, like I love it. seeing him. I lo- and I got to open for him, so that was big. That is good. What's yours? Um, I've had a lot of big club openings, but I'm still fangirling over Taylor Tomlinson. Oh, she's amazing. I love her. And she's now so I f- cool. I follow her on Instagram, and I just I kind of love her life, you know? You're like, bitch. Yeah. Like, she's just going from comedy store to comedy store yeah. and improv. She's like a Gatling gun of comedy. She's so quick. She started when she was like 16 just doing churches and um, because she couldn't get into clubs, you know, or something like that. Um, But, yeah, I opened for her at the Tempe Improv. It was pretty cool. Um, Who else? Can't think of any. We met a a 16-year-old. Comic in <gasps> Raleigh that was really Carolyn good. Smith, I love oh her. Gosh, she was okay. She was on this week sucks tonight. Let's talk about that really quick because I, I thought I was wrapping up, but I didn't. Your show this week sucks tonight in Raleigh was so much fun. Really, you enjoyed it. It I was got, good. <laughs> cool. And I was and I was watching it going, okay, is this works in Phoenix? Everybody loves it in Phoenix. Does it work here? Same question I ask okay. every time I do it. And I feel like and I I think there was a little like my vibe was like skeptical at first. You know, people were like, what is this? Who mm-hmm. are these guys? But then they got on. And by the way, the Lucas brothers were standing right next to me. Like, they had walked in. Mm-hmm. Fun, side note. Shadi, she goes to the bar to order a drink next to me. And I'm like, Shadi, let me get that for you, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. buy Shadi a drink. And she goes, sure. She goes, but it's for the Lucas brothers. I said, even better. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so then they just were standing next to me. And then everybody was coming, talking, to, you know, trying to get a picture with them and stuff. Yeah. But they were watching. So all of them were watching her show. Everybody was laughing, having a great time. Great. Feels so good to hear. Yeah, and I was, you know, from the back, like, watching it, it was fantastic. Um, hold on. What were my favorite parts? Uh, you guys ripping apart that bridesmaid, the the bachelorette party. Because <laughs> it was, like, what, impossible question they could never answer. <laughs> um, oh, the joke of the Game of Thrones game. That's my favorite. One of my favorite things I've ever written. Uh, first of all, me and Mike write all of the spies. Other people are like, you two write it? I'm like, yeah. And sometimes you you can tell which jokes. If you really watch the show, you can tell which jokes Mike has written and which ones I've written because they have a heavy, like, black lean. The ones that are, like, super, like, beating people over the head socially are, are usually me. And the really dumb, funny ones are usually Mike. Mike loves to make stupid fucking jokes. Yeah. And I remember writing that joke, and Mike is the one who started the joke. He was like, people know more about Westeros than they know about their own country. And I was like, that should, we should just have a game and we bring somebody up on stage and quiz them about Game of Thrones, but really it's about real issues yes. in the country. 
It was a bait and switch, and it was just so much fun. And the girl was just so pissed because <laughs> there's nothing a bachelorette party wants more than attention. Mm-hmm. And then you like gave it and taketh away, and mm-hmm. it was so good. And I then think, they left. <laughs> yeah, that's what Caroline told. Okay, so Caroline went out there, and I can't. This is her, the one joke I remember, which is my favorite. She comes out in her wheelchair, and she goes, "I just had surgery." That's why my tits are so big. <laughs> and you know what? On the Thursday or the first night I was there, I saw her at the outpost. And I was like, hey, do you want a drink? Do you want me to get it? I'll get she's like, no. And I'm like, bitch, whatever. <laughs> and then I realized she's 17. But Mary- she has jokes like she's 21. Oh, my gosh. Mary was trying to buy alcohol for a minor. Oh, um, that would have been a great story if that went through. <laughs> You committed a felony in Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> when we were at the cookout, this minivan with this white dude pulls up, and I remember looking at it going, oh, he's the one that's going to complain. And then he backs up, and he gets Carolyn out of the car and gets her wheelchair. Oh, it was her dad. And I'm like, so a dude in a, in a van came and picked up a minor. No, he dropped her off. After you tried to give her alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I feel so stupid of my thinking. I'm like, here's the guy who's going to like roll this whole party. Because there's a lot of us yeah. at a party. And then it was Carolyn's. And it was so cool. She was on my podcast and she talked about how her parents take her to her shows and she has to go to school the next day. And I met her mom. She was awesome. She was like super hyped up on the show. She, first of all, the highlight of the whole damn show was her set. It it was great. Yeah. She, I couldn't have been more thankful that Shadi Diaz had put her on the show because Shadi asked us. She was like, "Uh, we have a 17, 16 or 17 year old comic. She's in a wheelchair. I was like, perfect. Put her on the show because we'll she make fun of her. She gave you guys some shit. Yeah. She said she researched and watched some clips. Mm-hmm. So she did the work and then she gave it to you guys and it was hilarious. Yeah, that was she, the best part. It's great when like somebody has a hot bar for us. Like, and it's like real, it's not like cliche. Cause you, especially with Caroline Smith, you gotta realize she's heard every fucking wheelchair joke. She's heard every fucking joke mm-hmm. on this song. You gotta come correct. And it kind of is the same with us. Like, we've heard every hokey joke about us in suits about how Mike looks like a poor version of this. We've heard these jokes. You got to come with a real hot one to, to really get us. And Caroline, I don't remember what she said. I, I remember either. I shut the fuck up yeah, afterwards. Yeah, it was great. I don't remember but anything. But that's, like, that's the way you're supposed to play that show. Like, the guy who was really pissed that you were heckling him, it was like, <laughs> what do you do? Do you know that's how the show goes? I even had a pep talk with him beforehand. I talked to him before, and I was like, it's a team sport. We're gonna like we're gonna jump in. I was like, well, we'll try not to step on your punchlines, but we'll have some tags. We'll have some little fun asides. Just be ready for it. And he was he, like, I got this. I got this. He really tried to shut us down. And I remember looking over at Mike because I know when Mike is about to turn on. <laughs> and I turned and looked at Mike, and he does his little head shake. And that's when I know when he's about to really get in somebody's ass. He does his little sh- head shake, and he looks down. And I was like, Mike's about to burn this motherfucker up. And all I have to do is be the high five dude. That's the that's the dynamic. He says something hot. I high five it with something I say, and then we keep it moving. <laughs> you know what? That and that that was it. Um, that's where I was like, no, they they know what they're doing. They've got this. They're professionals, and that's I think what everybody in the room felt. As, as remember, I said it started out skeptical, like, oh, is this gonna work? Mm-hmm. Then it was like, oh no, they got this, and it felt really good. And then I felt really proud too because we were the only Phoenix people we're there, the and I was Phoenix like, people. those are my hometown guys. We were representing. Um, yeah, so I was I was supportive. I chatted up a lot um as i talked to people i was like you guys gotta go to the show on thursday that's where i'm going yeah. are you guys gonna go um so yeah it was fun that was yeah, a fun time that was that was I, i'm still sort of just re like capping that that evening i'm just like i feel good now i feel good i can do anything today i can go get drunk uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh oh yeah ashlyn was on the show i really liked her oh and brian granger was hilarious oh, what a filthy old man <laughs> energy he brought <laughs> Talked about all his filthy swinger shit. I was like, oh, That's this is right. perfect. And then we saw his beautiful little three-year-old daughter yeah. at the barbecue. I was like, oh. Because uh, uh, as soon as we, Shadia got mad, she was like, when you guys brought up the porn, because we'll just bring up porn. Anytime somebody brings up porn, we'll bring up the porn. Oh, that was the first time I ever saw it, but I was like, whoa, yes. yeah. We don't we don't play any porn, but we'll look at the thumbnails and we'll make jokes about the thumbnails, right? Oh. So I try not I, I try not to move my mouse over anything so that so the we'll thumbnail move. starts moving. It's like a lot sometimes. <laughs> I'll just leave the page up and it's like, well, which one are you like? Which one are you into? And we'll make fun of the thumbnails. Uh, but Shadi was like, when you guys were out the porn, I thought you guys were gonna watch porn. Like, no, 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 we weren't gonna do that. 
And uh, when Brian Granger got up there, Shadi was like, uh, either Shadi or Matt White, uh, they were like, when you guys brought the porn, we knew Brian Granger was going to have so much fun because that's all he is about is <laughs> filth and nakedness and flarn. That's all he likes. <laughs> and he went up there and he had like this superstar on stage. The energy spiked super high. Yeah. And then he was like, y'all come home and fuck my wife. I'll record. And I was just like, what? He had like a really 70s outfit on with his glasses. Very pimply. Very pimply. He did. He, you know what, though? He wasn't like that on my podcast the next day. Very so smart. Very calm, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the picture he posted on Facebook for Pride? Oh, yes. It was excellent. <laughs> and then, like, I, I knew it was coming. Like, a couple days later, it was like, hey, guys, I'm not making fun of anybody. He had to kind of do an apology. Oh, like, that sucks. No one um, got it. It was great. We met some cool people. Everyone in Oak City was incredible. I loved it. Shout out to Shadi and Matt. Yeah, shout out to Shadi Diaz and Matt White. Uh, that is, hands down, the most fun I've ever had at a festival. And I wish I could go back every year, honestly. You can. I know I can. But again, you know, you've made those contacts. So if you want to go do some shows in Raleigh, like, mm -hmm. you know, plan your own tour. I don't know how that works. I need to figure out how to leverage. I talked to the venue owners that we performed at, and they were open to us coming oh, that's back. Great. So that was a connection okay, so we made there. Know. Yeah. I make sure to talk to, like, the, the bar staff and everybody at the venues we're at. A lot of cool venues in that city. That, yeah, that Emerge place was really uh, nice. Amazing. It was like an artist, like, workspace. So it's like catering to people, trying to create interesting things. Yeah. It was like the perfect venue to put the show on at. My best friend happened to be in Raleigh visiting her family. She was yeah. in Durham visiting her family, so she got to hang out with me the whole time, which was really cool to have, like, a, a friend. Yeah, she was cool. I was Jen. talking to her on the patio at the outpost. Oh, really? <laughs> and then, like... Uh, she sat down and she goes, cause she was standing up. She goes, she sits down. She goes, I'm just gonna sit down cause I'm tired, but you don't have to talk to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Jen, you big fucking nerd. <laughs> don't you realize you're not a comic? Like <laughs> she's like, you don't have to. Don't feel any pressure to talk to me. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> I've known Jen forever. She's so much fun. She knows she's one of those people you have to be friends with because she knows too much. Like we can't break up as friends because it's just like I she know knows where types. the bodies are buried. Um, real quick, how many wings can you eat in a setting if you were hungry? What's your number? I've done. Uh, I think I've done twenty-four before. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, good for you. I like it. I was really hungry. What's your favorite flavor of wing? Uh, I'm a buffalo guy, uh, but there's a flavor of wings at this place called JT's uh, near Arcadia. They have the works, and I think they put teriyaki, barbecue, and buffalo. I may be wrong on those flavors. Wait, we were supposed to go there for this. Yeah. Oh, uh, if we were going to go Why to didn't JT's. Why did you bring it up? I, I forgot until just now. Fucking Anwar. <laughs> okay, we'll have you back again, and yeah, we'll go to JT's. JT's is the best. Uh, that wing flavor is amazing. They just put everything on they it? They put everything on it, and at first you're like, Ugh, and then you eat it, and you're like, damn, these are good. I've had a potato chip like that, and I was like, what is this chip? And it's it's kind of similar. Just all spice. It's every spice that they have, so you get the tingle of the salt and vinegar, and then you get like the sweet of the barbecue. What? Who makes this chip? Okay, so the first time I had it, it was um, called California Earthquake Chips. No, I think the flavor's called Earthquake, okay. because it's like all the spices fell into the vat. But I noticed <laughs> recently... Ruffles has one called All Dressed, and it's like a Canadian flavor, they call it, and it's like every flavor. So it has like the sweet of the barbecue, the tangy of the salt and vinegar, and the spice, you know, it's just everything, and it's really, really addicting. I so I, that. I imagine that, that that's what they did with this JT's flavor, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's part of the same energy. I want to try these potato chips now. I'll find some for you. Yeah. My favorite potato chips, uh, I like Zaps because they have like that voodoo flavor. That's it. That's the same thing. Same kind of thing? Yes. Yes, that's right. That's the other place I had. It was in New Orleans. Really? They sell them here too, don't they? Yeah, Zaps is here. I, I think they're called Zaps. That may be wrong. But it's <laughs> the, I know what you're talking about. It's the voodoo flavor. Yeah, they got like the clown bag. It yeah. looks like a fucking circus on the packaging. Yeah. Gosh, Anwar, this has been so fun and good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming over. Um, where can people... No. First, what do you want? Next one to three years, what do you hope to achieve? What are you looking forward to? Um, I don't even know. Fuck. I, uh, I don't want to die, but I also kind of want to die. Anwar, uh, <laughs> no. 
I would love uh, to just keep doing um, the Thursday show, uh, this week's sex tonight, and I just I've never done a show where I'm always excited to do it. And That's so great. Yeah, and it's congratulations, been two years. you guys are stand up live now. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal, it's right? Been great. Yeah, I mean, I loved it at Crescent though. I love the punk energy of Crescent. I liked being able to like walk in, and I mean, I didn't, I could never go that often. I've been a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I've been on it once. Mm-hmm. But I love being able to kind of just walk in and out mm-hmm. and like hang out. I love I love the clubhouse punk energy of Crescent. But I, I, the, each venue has its ups and downs. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like uh, you don't get that punk energy in stand up live, but you what you have is uh, audiences there to listen to the show, which Legit. is nice. Which is not what I got at Crescent. Right, because I like to walk in and yeah, out. Yeah, people were just like, whatever, this bullshit is happening. I don't have to pay attention. Actually, I could just talk loudly about this season of Game of Thrones. I don't really care what people are listening to in this bar. Hello, another shot. Fireball, please. So it's just like, okay, I wish you would just pay attention. I'm here at 11 p.m. It's not like I'm in your daily way. I yeah. have really gone out of the way to not be cumbersome on your activities. Can you pay attention? And so I stand up live, I get that, which is nice. But the yeah. punk the punk energy is gone. That 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 bottled chaos that we used to have at Crescent is not there yet. I feel like we can get it there, though. Yeah. yeah. And you guys just did it at the Comedy Store also. We're going back, June 30th. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. How was that? It's a lot of fun. And that room, is it feels like Crescent Ballroom. Yeah. Like, I really felt like, oh, this feels like some shit that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I wish you guys all the success. Thank you. Um, okay. Where can people follow you? Where can they find you? Uh, I'm on IG mainly at T-H-E-A-N-W-A-R-N-E-W-T-O-N, the Honor Newton. I'm on Twitter, but I rarely post there. IG's where it's at. It I really like is. IG the I don't most. understand Twitter. I don't even know how it works. It moves too fast. <laughs> is I that what it is? I don't get it. Like, I eh. can't tell. It's like everyone's screaming is what I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> and then if people want to go to This Week's Sex Tonight, where, where can they go? It's Stand Up Live every Thursday at 10.30 p.m. Stand Up Live is downtown 50 West Jefferson Street. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. I'm. This has been so great, and I can't think of a better way to spend a Sunday afternoon. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, thank, thank you, you so Anwar Newton. <laughs> All right, you guys, we'll see you next time. Hey, do you want a sticker? Do you want a magnet? Just email me at wingswithfriends at gmail.com, and my dad will send it to you because I don't buy stamps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.